Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True, and of course thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for an unexpected show about Earth Spirits? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and then research it. And based on that research, we, we, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. At the end of the process, we have psychic insight into a subject. At that point, it is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we do miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows will have already been covered again and again in other shows. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names and we apologize. And an additional disclaimer. Neither of us have any knowledge or expertise in the field of earth spirits. For experts in the field, we apologize in advance if anything is stated in error. Thank you, Justina. You, sub you suggested the subject of fairies, leprechauns, and mermaids. I broadened the subject to earth spirits as I had read that there were more than three types. Also, fairies and leprechauns seem to be strongly associated with the British Isles. I would think that if earth spirits exist, they would have to exist everywhere. Yes, I thought it was time for a lighter subject. We can broaden the subject to earth spirits, assuming that there aren't any negative creatures to worry about. Yeah, we could talk about earth spirits for almost an hour and then find out there are no such thing exists, especially as I've never really believed in fairies or leprechauns or other, or other supposed smaller creatures. Did you know that in Britain, putting figures of gnomes, gnomes which are little male characters, usually with red hats, in gardens is quite popular. It's as if people there want to believe in little helpers. Like Christmas trees, garden gnomes started in Germany, but garden gnomes seem to be more popular in Britain and France, but are, are also available in the United States and Canada, as well as other countries. 
having figures and gnomes in your garden seems to indicate that people want to believe in little creatures that help the plants grow. But let's talk about the possibility of real earth spirits and what some people think they really are. The trouble I've found is that there seems to be little agreement about earth spirits. The late psychic Sylvia Brown, who received a lot of criticism, has some pretty clear statements about earth spirits. Her descriptions seem hard to believe, though. Different spirits live on different levels of creation as follows. Level one, fairies, nymphs, sprites and divas. Level two, gnomes and elves. Level three, giants and dragons. Level four, unicorns and flying horses. Level five, centaurs, cyclops, goblins and sorcerers. She also includes levels six and seven, but these levels don't include earth spirits. We will talk later on what some of the names mean. That's a lot of different spirits. I'm not sure I can believe that all these exist, especially unicorns and flying horses. Yeah, this is getting outside of my comfort zone a little. Let's move on to other sources that don't sound like a fantasy movie. According to the Crystal Links website, earth or natural spirits, are, as they are referred to, are as follows. Quote, in mythology, nature spirits or deities are composed of etheric matter. Their job is to build and maintain the plant kingdom while working in conjunction with the divas and elementals. They are said to have been here since the beginning of time, having created a landscape of reality, which we return to for different reasons as guided." Unquote. So there are four terms introduced here, deities, etheric, elementals, as well as divas. The subject seems to be complicated right from the get-go. Deities refer to the concept of gods or goddesses in mythology associated with various perceived forces in nature. Etheric means being related to a higher level of spiritual being. An elemental is any magical entity who embodies or personifies a force in nature. I guess we are talking about earth, water, air, and fire, given the term elemental. A diva refers to any of the spiritual forces or beings behind nature. So taking all the definitions together for nature spirits, these are mythological or perhaps not. Spirits are on a different plane to humans. Their purpose apparently is to maintain and build a plant and animal kingdom. But what different nature or earth spirits are there? Depends where you look. Different sources talk about different spirits. There are quite a few websites that talk about ancient beliefs. If these spirits are real, they have probably been around for a very long time, but I think it is better to look at some new age rather than ancient references. But let's get talking more about these new age spirits after this short break. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, I was just discussing about New Age and the difference between the New Age rather than ancient references. And going along on this topic, I think that New Age began in the 1970s. There certainly was a cultural shift at that time, especially among younger people. Dad, you almost look like a hippie in the 1970s in old pictures. I think I look quite normal for the time. Uh, There was a culture shift for sure, but I'm not sure what New Age means, except for a category in a bookstore. But according to dictionary.com, New Age is as follows, quote, of or relating to a movement espousing a broad range of philosophies and practices traditionally viewed as occult, metaphysical, or paranormal, unquote. I checked a few websites which could be described as New Age and found that little consistency be between descriptions existed with, in some cases, elementals and nature spirits overlapping. Some websites had more beings than you could easily count listed in them. To cover land and sea, I think it's best just to talk about fairies a little now, then mermaids later. Yes, as mentioned, I originally wanted an episode on fairies, mermaids, and leprechauns, so we can continue with fairies. Fairies, of course, are pictured as miniature female-looking creatures with wings, which makes them able to fly. I find it hard to believe that creatures like the fictional character Tinkerbell exist. But the author of Peter Pan, J.M. Barry, must have had a got, got the idea from somewhere. But you have found a good source with apparent authority on the subject of fairies. Author Rosemary Ellen Gully appears to be the most well-known person associated with fairies, having written a couple of books on the subject, plus books on other paranormal subjects. According to the promotional material for the book, Fairies, Mysteries, Legends, and Unexplained Phenomenon, She presents fairies as real beings who exist in their own realm and have genuine interactions with human beings. According to the same author in the book Fairy Magic, all about fairies and how to bring their magic into your life, she claims that there are several different types of fairies, including household fairies, garden fairies, fairies of nature and planetary fairies. Apparently, you can learn to communicate with fairies. How do you bring fairies into your life? Without having read the book, but uh, I've read some reviews, uh, it apparently involves use of meditation. If creatures like fairies are helping the planet, it'd be worth contacting them, but to help when they have to exist on the earth. But I found the website Wheels of Light and it explains that fairies live in a parallel universe to ours close to Mother Earth. I will quote from the article. Our ancestors knew that everything was made up of energy and that the earth was part of us. Look for fairies in the wild or create drawings for them around your yard. Watch for signs that they are inhabiting spaces like clover, mushrooms, dragonflies, butterflies, and animals, especially dolphins and frogs. They bring good energy to the earth. They only need you to believe in them. Our believing will help make their huge job of healing Mother Earth easier. They will teach you to pay attention to our planet and bring more playful things into your life. Invite them to heal your blocks to abundance, physical healing, emotional healing, and fertility. They like it when we take care of the animals and plants as they are the guardians of these. A parallel universe close to Mother Earth is possibly consistent with the writings of Sylvia Brown. However, I looked at Mother Earth and the most common definition was the Earth considered as a living being and the provider of all that is on Earth. So fairies have the job of helping nature and healing the planet. If fairies do exist, we have never needed them more than we do now. Why don't we talk about apparent fairy sightings? I know the famous Cottingley fairies have been debunked, but I think it's worth discussing them a little. I will quote from Wikipedia. The Cottingley fairies appear in a series of five photographs taken by Elsie Wright and Frances Griffiths, two young cousins who lived in Cottingley near Bradford in England. In 1917, when the first two photographs were taken, Elsie was 16 years old and Frances was 9. 
the pictures came to the attention of writer Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who used them to illustrate an article on fairies he had been commissioned to write for the Christmas 1920 edition of the Strand magazine. Doyle, as a spiritualist, was enthusiastic about the photographs and interpreted them as clear and visible evidence of psychic phenomenon. Public reaction was mixed. Some accepted the images as genuine, but others believed that they had been faked. Yes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's name pops up all the time. This must be at least the third episode we have mentioned his name. I will continue the quote from Wikipedia. Uh, quote, interest in the Cottingley Ferries generally de gradually declined after 1921. Both girls married and lived abroad for a time after they grew up, yet the photographs continued to hold the public imagination. In 1966, a reporter from the Daily Express newspaper traced Elsie, who had by then returned to the UK. Elsie left open the possibility that she believed she had photographed her thoughts, and the media once again became interested in, her, in the story. In the early 1980s, Elsie and Francis admitted that the photographs were faked, using cardboard cutouts the fairies copied from a popular children's book at the time. But Francis maintained that the fifth and final photograph was genuine, unquote. I would say that the four, first four pictures do look like cardboard cutouts. The, figure, the figures in the fifth photograph seem to be transmitting light, which isn't to say they're not fake, but the photograph seems to be more sophisticated. It seems that England has all the sightings of fairies. In the London Daily Mail article dated March 4th, 2015, Pictures of alleged fairies taken by John Hyatt over a two-year period in the Rosendale Valley in the county of Lanshire. John Hyatt is the director of Manchester Institute for Research and Innovation in Art and Design at Manchester Metropolitan University. The website Metabunk debunks the image stating that they are merely midge flies with a side-by-side -side comparison between the picture of the alleged fairies and the picture of the midge flies with the pictures certainly looking similar. I think that any pictures of fairies should be hoaxed, as it was stated earlier that fairies were etheric beings, meaning on a different spiritual plane. So why should anyone see them? Maybe people sense a spiritual present and fix, fit the image of a little person to that perception. I wondered about that too, but wanted to see if there were any claimed sightings in the county of Dorset where I'm from originally. I'd seen what are described as fairy rings growing up. I found the website Fairy List, which is the website of the Fairy Investiga Investigation Society. Apparent, apparently, fairy sightings are listed like UFO sightings, but not much seemed to be going on in Dorset. You mentioned fairy rings. What are those? They are naturally occurring rings of mushrooms. I used to pick field mushrooms when I was a kid. The rings can be linked with good fortune or can be seen as dangerous places. But mushrooms that make more mushrooms throughout spores, so unless the wind is blowing, you'd expect the new mushrooms to be in a circle. Why would they be dangerous places? According to the folklore, inside the ring is land controlled by fairies, where fairies dance and where the rules of social conduct, physics, and even human fate apparently can change. Let's go back to the discussion of elementals. According to the website Summit Lighthouse, the earth and the elementals are the gnomes. I will quote part of the description. The nature spirits who serve at the physical level are called gnomes. Billions of gnomes tend to the earth through the cycles of the four seasons and see to it that all living things are supplied with their daily needs. They also process the waste and byproducts that are an invertible part of our everyday existence and purge the earth of poisons and pollutants that are dangerous to the physical bodies of man, animal, and plant life, including toxic waste, industrial lufa, pesticides, acid rain, nuclear radiation, and every abuse of the earth. On spiritual levels, the gnomes have an even heavier chore. They must clean up the imprints of mankind's discord and negativity that remain at the energetic levels in the earth. The next elementals are the undines. Here is a dis their description of these water elementals as included in the same website, Summit Lighthouse. Quote, the elementals whose domain is the water elements are known as undines. These beautiful, supple, mermaid-like beings are subtle and swift in their movements and can change form rapidly. 
The Andes control the tides and have much to do with the climate as well as oxygenation and precipitation. The Andes also cleanse waters that have been poisoned by sewage, industrial waste, chemicals, pesticides and other substances. They work ceaselessly to heal the polluted seas as they recharge the electromagnetic field of the waters with currents of the spirit. Their bodies are conductors of the cosmic currents resounding through the chambers of submarine life. The Andes cleanse not only the physical waters, but also that aspect of the mankind's life that relates to the water element, our emotional and subconscious world. They carry on their backs the weight of mankind's emotional pollution, feelings that are not at peace, such as anger, emotional abuse, unloving speech, selfishness, anxiety, and indulgence, unquote. So mermaids are apparently included in this source as the water elemental. I will quote the description as sylphs, spelled S-Y-L-P-H-S, the air elementals. Again, from the same website, Summit Lighthouse. The sylphs tend to the air element, directing the flow of air currents and atmospheric conditions. They purify the atmosphere and aerate every cell of life with the sacred breath of the spirit. They are bearers of the life-sustaining prana that nourishes all living things. On subtle levels, the sylphs transmute transmit the currents of the spirit from heaven to earth. The sylphs often have thin, erythral bodies that transform gracefully into myriad shapes as they soar through the air. Sylphs are able to travel at great distances very quickly, and giant sylphs can actually span the skies and penetrate the earth, the water, and the fire elements. Like giant transformers, sylphs conduct the currents of the mind of God onto the mind of man. They also work to purify the air of pollutants, everything from car exhaust to toxic fumes emitted from factories and other industrial processes before they can pollute the water and the earth. The air, elemental, the air element corresponds to the mental level of existence, and thus the sylphs also have the job of purifying the mental plane. The mental plane can become polluted by negative thoughts that feed hatred, anger, racial prejudice, religious bigotry, resentment, pride, ambition, greed, jealousy, and other poisons of the spirit. The next elementals are the salamanders. Uh, here is a description of these fire elementals from the same source. Again, the website Summit Lighthouse. I probably won't get through all the quote before the break, but uh, please interrupt me, Justine, when we're getting close. The fourth group of elementals work with the fire element and are called salamanders. Their job is crucial for they serve at the atomic level of all organic and inorganic life, infusing the molecules of matter with the spiritual fires of creation. The salamanders imbue the entire creation with the energies of the spirit necessary to sustain life on Earth, capable of wielding both the most intense fires of the physical atom and the purifying spiritual fires of the spirit. They control the spiritual material oscillation of light within the nucleus of every atom. Whether in electricity, firelight, or the flame of a candle, the salamanders are agents for the transfer of the fires of the subtle world for mankind's daily use. Without the spark of life sustained by the salamanders, life and matter begin to decay, corrode, and disintegrate. The I think we'll have to continue the quote after this short break then, Dad. Okay. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were talking about the salamanders. And this is from the website Summit Lighthouse. So, Dad, can you please continue with the quote? Yes. Um, the burdens upon the salamanders range from the weight of mankind's hatred to irresponsible uses of nuclear energy. We're not for the fiery salamanders absorbing and transmuting the huge conglomerates of negativity over the large cities of the world. Crime and darkness would be much more advanced than it is today. The very sustaining of life, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink is something most of us take for granted. Yet at the most basic level, we are utterly dependent on the selfless service of the nature spirits. The miracle of life is the miracle of the gnomes, sylphs, undines and salamanders." Unquote. Apparently there are millions of elementals. Uh, I read that elementals are associated with the angels who, angels who help them emotionally. Different websites describe different types of elementals, but we only have time to scratch the surface. But what do these elementals as described look like? We've already described garden gnomes, so I expect that gnomes look about the same and are about a couple of feet or 60 centimeters tall. Undines are described as being mermaid-like. I don't even know what a sylph is, but apparently because they are of the air, they are invisible. Uh, I thought a salamander was just an amphibian like a lizard. Uh, salamanders are apparently the invisible spirits of the fire and, visible and invisible to humans. Let's not talk more about mermaids away from the metaphysical websites. Mermaids are described as having a head and upper body of a female human and a tail of a fish. Why didn't you just mention Ariel from the Disney movie, The Little Mermaid? From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. I'd rather mention the original story, The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. The Little Mermaid in the story is about a young mermaid who is willing to give up her life in the sea and her identity as a mermaid to gain a human soul. She ends up being an, an ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. Of course, the ending in the Disney movie is rather different. I think it's worth mentioning Rosemary Ellen Gully again. She has authored a book called Mermaid Magic, Connecting with the Energy of the Ocean and the Healing Power of Water. Here's a quote from some of the promotional material from the book, and I quote, Mermaid magic will help you develop your own deep connection to the element of water. Work with the ocean and its creatures, learn about the tides and lunar phases, divine your future with sea oracles, absorb the healing energies of sacred wells and springs, become an eco-warrior, and discover the beauty of mermaid lore and legends, and how to call in mermaids for love and transformation. Whether you believe mermaids are living beings or a beautiful myth, they have long reflected our greatest hopes and embodied our deepest fears. They have been cast as helpful sea beings, innocents prepared to sacrifice all for a human soul, and sirens intent on luring men into temptation. Today, they are stronger, kinder, and more powerful than ever, and they are inspiring a new wave of ocean guardians to care for our fragile planet and its sacred bodies of water. Again, we have the idea that uh, Earth spirits, if they, if they exist, are helping our fragile Earth, but are becoming stronger. I wonder if all the Earth spirits, Earth, water, air and fire, have become stronger by necessity. But let's continue talking about mermaids. According to both the National Geographic and Smithsonian websites, mermaids are actually manatees. Apparently, Christopher Columbus, during his voyage to the New World in 1492, spotted manatees near the Dominican Republic and thought they were mermaids. 
not everyone has the opportunity to have seen manatees close up. We have been fortunate, we, we have seen them close up in Florida. Manatees are large marine animals that eat plants. They have egg-shaped heads, flippers, and a flat tail. Manatees typically weigh 880 to 1,200 pounds or 400 to 550 kilograms. Length is typically 9.2 to 9.8 or 2.8 to 3 meters. Uh, the females tend to be larger than the males. Though they may seem like cumbersome creatures, manatees can swim quickly and gracefully. Uh, their closest relatives are the elephants. Manatees stay in rivers, seas, and oceans along the coast of several countries, including the United States and the Southeast. There are also South American and African manatees. Manatees are at the risk of extinction. They are very vulnerable animals, and they are often hit by ship's propellers and maimed and killed. Florida has only about 6,600 manatees left. Yeah, these creatures really aren't a threat to anyone. Uh, why don't people care more about them? Um, mankind is the, their biggest threat to survival. There are also stories about mermen as well as mermaids, but mermaids in some mythologies are feared as they apparently would lure sailors to their death. There is an account of a fairly recent alleged mermaid sighting from the website Live Science. It doesn't appear that this mermaid was interested in homicide though. And I quote, modern mermaid reports are very rare, but they do occur. For example, news reports in 2009 claim that a mermaid had been seen sighted off the coast of Israel in the town of Kuret Yam. It, or she, performed a few tricks for onlookers before, just before sunset, then disappearing for the night. One of the first people to see the mermaid, Shalomo Cohen, said, and he, end quote, I was with friends when suddenly we saw a woman laying on the sand in a weird way. At first, I thought she was just another sunbather, but when we approached, she jumped into the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we saw that she had a tail. The town's tourism board was delighted with their newfound fame and offered a $1 million reward for the first person to photograph the creature. Unfortunately, the reports vanished almost as quickly as they had surfaced, and no one ever claimed the reward. I think we should move on to leprechauns. Uh, were leprechauns just dreamt up by the Irish Tourist Board to get more visitors? Or does their history go back a long way? You don't seem to be taking leprechauns very seriously. Maybe you haven't found your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, it's tough getting to the end of a rainbow, and I always thought it was a crock of gold, which I haven't found yet. Here is a quote from Wikipedia describing leprechauns. Quote, a leprechaun is a type of fairy in Irish folklore. They are usually depicted as little bearded men wearing a coat and hat who partake in mischief. They are solitary creatures who spend their time making and mending shoes and have a hidden pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If captured by a human, they often grant three wishes in exchange for their freedom, unquote. I can find plenty of references about the folklore of leprechauns, including that leprechauns are tricksters and not to be trusted. But from the metaphysical angle, a leprechaun is a type of fairy living in Ireland with a lot of personality. We could go on for a lot longer on the subject, but I think it's time for the psychic insight. Okay, I will ask the first question. Why do the people of Britain and other countries put figures of gnomes in their gardens? So it's basically more as a protection factor. So it's having something looking over the garden when they are not there. Are there seven levels of creation below Mankind's level, as described by Sylvia Brown? Yes and no. So some of her information was correct, but some of it was more expounded on. Do earth spirits include fairies, nymphs, sprites, and divas, as well as other creatures, including giants and dragons, that Sylvia Brown describes, do these actually exist? So, there are the smaller spirits, and what we can say is yes, there was once giants and once creatures that did look like dragons, but with these spirits, not all of them still live on this planet. Are there nature or earth spirits or deities composed of etheric matter? Yes. What is a deity? So, you can basically describe it as more of a protector and watcher. What is an elemental? So, an elemental is more of a, you can think of it 
more of an everyday, so just doing normal tasks. What is a diva? So those are the more you can think of, more eccentric ones, where they have to be more specialized. Do fairies of different types exist as described by author Rosemary Ellen Guiley? Yes and no. So the hard thing with different spirits, especially these type of spirits, is that they obviously don't show themselves to people very often. So some of the information is correct and some of the information is not 100% correct. Can you learn to communicate with fairies and other earth spirits by meditation? Yes and no, since they are spirits and do have energy. So during meditation, you can connect to this energy. However, they do not communicate like past loved ones do, where they would have a full conversation. So yes, in a way you can communicate, but not the same as most spirits that people normally think of. Do fairies live in a parallel universe? Yes and no. So there are so many different parallel universes. So yes, they are in a parallel universe, but they also travel to this universe. So just like any other spirit, they are allowed to travel where they please. Is the task of Earth spirits to help animals, plants and Mother Earth? Yes, so you can think of it kind of as the spirits that watch over Mother Earth and they communicate with Mother Earth. So just as people put gnomes in their garden to watch over, their earth spirits in a way are the same where they are watching over. So something's there that will protect and help and serve different purposes. Is Mother Earth the consciousness of the planet? You can call it that, yes. Was the fifth image of the Cottingley fairies real or fake? It was real in a way, but it was changed a little bit. So the claim by Francis Griffiths that the fifth image was real was correct? Yes. Were the apparent fairies observed by John Hyatt actually midge flies? No. Do fairy rings have magical properties that can be dangerous? Yes and no. So as of all spirits, there are good and bad ones. So there are bad spirits, but we would not call them earth spirits then. We would call them just negative fairies. Are there such creatures as elementals, including earth, wa earth, water, fire, air, with their own jobs to do? Yes and no. There are the four different elements and there's the different spirits that carry on those duties, but we would not call them that. They are different than what you would usually call a fairy that just watches over. So it's complicated since there's beings that just do those jobs and they may or may not be fairies. Do earth elementals include gnomes? So when people think of gnomes, they think of basically the image of garden gnomes. But the thing is, is that gnomes would just be spirits. So it's confusing since humans had to put a human concept and a human face to gnomes. So yes, in a way there's a thing called gnomes, but they're not portrayed like a garden gnome would be portrayed. Do gnomes have the job of cleaning up the world as well as their spiritual purpose of cleaning up negative energy? If you're talking about the spirits and the concept of helping the earth, then yes. It's just hard since obviously humans try to make the concept of different spirits. So the concept of a gnome is different from what we would call a gnome. Do water elementals include undines or mermaids? Yes. Do water elementals help clean up pollution as well as their spiritual purpose of carrying the weight of man's emotional pollution? Yes and no. So a lot of the different spirits that help clean up the water no longer are existing. So you can think of some of them, especially something like mermaids, where there used to be a lot more of them. So it gets tricky now because if you're talking about ancient earth versus earth now. I think Kevin. after, oops, sorry, Dad. After the short break, we'll continue with the psychic insight and the different questions.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the psychic insight, the questions, and the answers. So, Dad, can you please continue on with the questions? Yes, we were talking about the elementals and we came to mermaids. And the next question is, so on Earth now we don't have mermaids. So there may be a couple that might come from different places. But overall, no, there's no mermaids. Usually when people see mermaids, it's a sighting of something else in the water, such as a manatee or a dolphin. Do air elementals include sylphs? Yes. Do sylphs clean up the air as well as their spiritual purpose of purifying the mental plane? So with the air, there's more to it too, since air is obviously needed for humans to breathe. So they're also in charge of helping with making sure the oxygen levels are correct for human survival. Do fire elementals include salamanders? Yes. Do salamanders help maintain life on Earth as well as their spiritual purpose of supporting life on Earth? Yes, and again, it's hard because these are human names given to them. So we're just grouping the spirits that help with these certain tasks into these categories. So this may include basically the spirits. Every so-called creature is given a human name while they are both basically all spirits, if that makes sense. In researching this subject, there seemed to be a free-for-all for how these spirits are ordered and named. So some of mankind seem aware of these spirits, but do not seem to understand them. Is that correct? Yes. Are Earth spirits getting stronger and kinder? So the problem is that obviously when human civilization changed, the beings that could visit and the spirits that could visit changed as well. So with the concept of mermaids, we don't want to disappoint anyone. But no, the answer would be no. Are there millions of elementals that are supported by angels? So we would say that yes, but they support each other. So the angels are a different type of spirit and they will help each other. I think you've already told us this, but were manatees mistaken for mermaids? Yes. What can we do to better protect manatees? Basically, making sure the water is clean and making sure that people don't disturb them in their natural environment. So since mantises are very ancient creatures and have been around for a long time, they need to have their environment pretty consistent. So not moving homes into that area and not dumping pollution and obviously not putting them into captivity if they're living in the wild just fine. Was a mermaid sighted off the coast of Israel in 2009? No. Is there such a creature as a leprechaun? So again, this is a human concept. So if you're asking if there's something that goes and steals a pot of gold over the rainbow, then no. Is there a pot or crock of gold at the end of the rainbow? 
Rainbows are of a nature and do not have pots of gold. Are leprechauns mischievous tricksters? In human concepts, yes, but in real life they don't exist. What do we have to learn from our spirits? That the earth is a lot more complicated than humans realize and that basically there's a lot more out there than what we can actually see by the human eye. So the earth is very complex and the different processes that go together so that humans can survive and animal and plants can survive is very, very complicated. So again, just like every message, it's to take the care of earth and have mutual respect with the earth since there's a lot going on in making sure that humans can survive and stay in existence. Okay, that's the end of the psychic insight. So I have to ask the question, are earth spirits too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, there was much more to this episode than I had ever expected, and I think some surprises. What were you surprised at? The major surprise from the psychic insight was that the picture of the fairies published by John Hyatt was apparently authentic. I think John had a lot to lose by claiming that he had photographed actual fairies. I was also surprised by earth spirits helping to maintain human life as well as plants and animals. Another surprise was garden gnomes and why put, people put them in their gardens. You mentioned Burton a lot when talking about garden gnomes. Did you ever have one in your garden? I didn't, nor did my parents, but I think in Britain, gardens are a national obsession. Space is usually limited, but people work tremendously hard to create beautiful spaces. So why not have a garden known to be there all the time and keep an eye on things? It's almost as if people want to believe in Earth spirits, if only to help beautify and protect their gardens. What well, weren't you surprised by? I hate to admit it, but after the John Hyatt revelation, I believe I believed Francis Griffiths stating that the fifth Cottingley fairy picture was not a fake, although apparently altered according to the psychic insight, the original was real. The first four pictures obviously looked fake. Having the first four exposed as fakes, why would you want to hang on the fifth images being real if, if that weren't the case? In the end, I wasn't surprised by the existence of Earth spirits or something with the same purpose for a practical reason. What would that be? Mankind has placed this planet on the edge of disaster, yet in wealthier countries, the air is fresh and food is plentiful. There has to be means of the Earth being cleaned up and maintained. I think that this episode could be seen as painting an optimistic future. If mankind can respect the Earth and Earth spirits as living entities, then the planet can recover. Life on Earth doesn't have to continue as it's doing now. If the effect of mankind's lack of attention to Earth were seen in the nicer neighborhoods, then maybe change would start happening. Besides helping with the ecology of the planet, Earth spirits, according to the Psychic Insight, also help with cleaning up negative energy of various forms. That's a great point. Every day we're inundated by bad news. Uh, good news seems to be show, show up on social media but not often through television or newspapers. It is as if news media want us all to be negative and worry all the time. We should be realistic and have real concerns, but it all seems out of balance. We touched on the subject of New Age, perhaps bringing back ancient beliefs. It might be worth thinking about an episode on New Age and what that means. Also, which ancient beliefs are now considered to be, quote, New Age. Yes, we start, started working on the next episode, which, is very, which has a very different subject matter to today's. But beyond the next episode, there's a blank slate. We have covered so far various aspects of planet Earth, as well as alleged UFO instances, incidents, I should say, as well as some mysteries that were unexplained. Or we've had explanations that uh, involve several different theories. I would like to include another episode on ancient monuments, uh, those giant stone figures on Easter Island uh, immediately come to mind. Every episode would be about some ancient monument if you had your way. I would like to investigate some more unexplained mysteries. What we had lear have learned is that the explanation from the psychic insight, even when not paranormal, can be even more fascinating when in the normal world. One area we haven't looked at is movies. Are some of the screenplays which seem to be pure fiction actually based on fact? Do some movies have hidden, hidden meanings? Yes, we have to be very careful with spoiler alerts, but uh, 
but about every movie has a storyline on the internet these days. On the other hand, there are storylines in some movies that uh, seem to be seem to uh, want to be to influence or mislead us. Well, I like the idea of looking in that aspect, but ideas for future episodes from the listening audience would be much appreciated. So, of course, please visit our Facebook page, Too Good To Be True. That's T-W-O, then good, then T-O, be true. And please make different suggestions and interact with us on there. And tell us your opinion on Earth spirits. Dad, I was actually very surprised that fairies and spirits like that actually existed. I thought they were only in child's novels or in movies or TV shows. I didn't think something like that would actually even exist on this planet. Yeah, they were in kids' stories when I was younger. And um, I guess the message I got was that mankind has um, sort of have these quaint Disney-like interpretations of of Earth spirits. But uh, it seems that... um, They've got different tasks and they can be categorized uh, by by the elements, but they're just spirits and they have energy. Whereas um, the sort of picturesque view of uh, a spirit being something like a a mermaid or a fairy uh, is is pretty much man-made. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, is that when we do episodes on the Earth, we basically always kind of get the same message, which is that we need to help save this planet since this planet does so much for us. So I think that's the largest takeaway is that there needs to be that mutual respect and mutual understanding. And we've talked about this in previous Earth episodes is that the Earth provides so much for us and some people actually just take advantage of that. They don't actually think that we're basically surviving and this is our home and we need to take care of our home. Yeah, I think um, I think we're driven by. Um, what we think is economic sense, which is making money and making a profit. But um, if we destroy our environment, <laughs> money isn't going to matter very much. So uh, I hope that uh, that message uh, about the Earth goes across. But uh, I think we've run out of ideas on the planet Earth. I think we covered it all. Or, or can you think of something else? Well, you know, if it was up to me, I would have every single show on a different type of animal. But that might get a little repetitive after a while. Maybe we could have um, ancient monuments that include uh, animals. Yes, and I also want to bring up the point, too, is that we discussed manatees in this episode. And I just want to throw it out there that they are going into extinction. And that if you haven't had the chance to actually see a manatee in real life, it's actually pretty amazing. They look like ancient dinosaurs. Yeah, and they're such um, gentle creatures. I mean, they're, they're so huge. And yet they're so delicate, or they seem delicate, I guess they're not that delicate, but uh, they're delicate in terms of being hit by uh, ships or propellers. But uh, they're just so gentle, and um, I think it's a real experience seeing them in the wild. Well, of course, thank you to all our listeners, and thank you for listening to today. (laughs) 